Welcome to the Words That Minister Grace podcast. In this podcast, we read excerpts from books that the host finds edifying. Expect to hear from authors such as Matthew Henry, John Calvin, and J.C. Ryle. We take our name from Ephesians 4.29, where Paul exhorts us that our speech should build up each other, or as the King James says, minister grace. I am your host, the fake King Hesse. In this episode, we continue our reading of Part 3 of Martin Luther's Large Catechism, which discusses prayer generally and the Lord's Prayer specifically. We continue to look at Luther's general exhortation to pray. Now, from the fact that it is so solemnly commanded to pray, you are to conclude and think that no one should by any means despise his prayer, but rather set great store by it, and always seek an illustration from the other commandments. A child should by no means despise his obedience to father and mother, but should always think, This work is a work of obedience, and what I do I do of no other intention than that I may walk in the obedience and commandment of God, on which I can settle and stand firm, and esteem it a great thing, not on account of my worthiness, but on account of the commandment. So here also, what and for what we pray we should regard as demanded by God and done in obedience to Him, and should reflect thus, on my account it would amount to nothing, but it should avail, for the reason that God has commanded it. Therefore everybody, no matter what he has to say in prayer, should always come before God in obedience to this commandment. We pray, therefore, and exhort everyone most diligently to take this to heart and by no means to despise our prayer. For hitherto it has been taught thus in the devil's name that no one regarded these things, and men suppose it to be sufficient to have done the work, whether God would hear it or not. But that is staking prayer on a risk, and murmuring it at a venture, and therefore it is a lost prayer. For we allow such thoughts as these to lead us astray and to deter us. I am not holy or worthy enough. If I were as godly and holy as St. Peter or St. Paul, then I would pray, but put such thoughts far away. For just the same commandment which applied to St. Paul applies also to me, and the second commandment is given as much on my account as on his account, so that he can boast of no better or holier commandment. Therefore you should say, My prayer is as precious, holy, and pleasing to God as that of St. Paul or of the most holy saints. This is the reason, for I would gladly grant that he is holier in his person, but not on account of the commandment. Since God does not regard prayer on account of the person, but on account of his word and obedience thereto. For on the commandment on which all the saints rest their prayer, I, too, rest mine. Moreover, I pray for the same thing for which they all pray, and have ever prayed. Besides, I have just as great a need of it as those great saints, yea, even a greater one than they. Let this be the first and most important point, that all our prayer must be based and rest upon obedience to God, irrespective of our person, whether we be sinners or saints, worthy or unworthy. And we must know that God will not have it treated as a jest, but be angry and punish all who do not pray, as surely as he punishes all other disobedience. Next, that he will not suffer our prayers to be in vain or lost, for if he did not intend to answer your prayer, he would not bid you pray and add such a severe commandment to it. In the second place, we should be the more urged and excited to pray because God has also added a promise and declare that it shall surely be done to us as we pray. As he says, Psalm 50, 15, 
Call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver thee. And Christ, in the Gospel of St. Matthew 7, 7, Ask, and it shall be given to you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. Such promises ought certainly to encourage and kindle our hearts to pray with pleasure and delight. Since he testifies with his own word that our prayer is heartily pleasing to him, moreover that it shall surely be heard and granted in order that we may not despise it or think lightly of it and pray at a venture this you can hold up to him and say here i come dear father and pray not on my own purpose nor upon my own worthiness but at thy commandment and promise which cannot fail or deceive me whoever therefore does not believe this promise must know again that he excites god to anger as a person who most highly dishonors him and reproaches him with falsehood. Besides this, we should be incited and drawn to prayer because, in addition to this commandment and promise, God anticipates us, and he himself arranges the words and form a prayer for us and places them upon our lips as to how and what we should pray, that we may see how heartily he pities us in our distress, and may never doubt that such prayer is pleasing to him and shall surely be answered which the Lord's Prayer is a great advantage indeed over all other prayers that we might compose ourselves. For in them the conscious would ever be in doubt and say, I have prayed, but who knows how it pleases him, or whether I have hit upon the right proportions and form. Hence there is no nobler prayer to be found upon earth than the Lord's Prayer, which we daily pray because it has this excellent testimony that God loves to hear it which we ought not to surrender for all the riches of the world. And it has been prescribed also for this reason, that we should see and consider the distress which ought to urge and compel us to pray without ceasing. For whoever would pray must also have something to present, state and name which he desires. If not, it cannot be called a prayer. Thanks for listening. In the show notes, you can find contact information and a link to the text from today. Remember to heed Paul when he says in Ephesians 4.29 to Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers.